Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of It's Not Your Team. It's you here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. I wanted to get that ad read out of the way because we got a lot to talk about. You and I are so both pretty feisty. About. We were recording this show on Tuesday, as we do every week. And Tuesday is when the college football playoff rankings are revealed. So we wait until they are. We talk a little bit about what we're going to do. We see the rankings like the rest of you guys. And then we have our reaction. And this is week three. We have one more to go. And week three definitely had the most questions in my mind looking at these rankings. And I'm kind of losing it. I don't know how you're feeling today. I don't necessarily know that it posed... I mean, it did pose questions, but I feel like these college football rankings were the most telling to date, that it's starting to really lay the framework for what the committee is thinking and ultimately what they're going to end up doing in that final um, release date next week. What we think, because as of this moment, today was also a massive day because of some major cancellations across the country, which we expect there to be more. And we're going to get into it about how our favorite conference that we love talking about who has made no friends at camp this year and the Big Ten has a very tricky situation that they're actually going to be meeting about tomorrow morning that we're going to talk about later. Uh, But obviously, Haley, probably the biggest story from the weekend that I know you and I were really excited about and more so excited about going forward because of what it could mean for the future of college football was the game of the year, as we all (laughs) predicted back this summer, BYU at Coastal Carolina. I know, and it's crazy to think that that game – got announced after we recorded last Tuesday so (laughs) no one really got no one really got like the juice of our excitement and our blown away that it was happening I think it's a huge testament to both of those programs and a ballsy move to be willing to do that you know you're we're sitting here and I know we'll get into this this A&M and Ohio State both having an open weekend this weekend both needing to build their resumes but I highly predict that you know both teams are not going to budge there so at the end of the day tipping the hat to both BYU and Coastal because that was a ballsy move for both teams and Coastal just came out as the better team. But tell me how you're feeling, Mr. BYU extravagance <laughs> over there. I have a few thoughts, and this was actually uh, shared by David Pollock and, and the crew on the, on the rankings release. Uh, specifically, Reese Davis, who actually had the most aggressive take, at basically saying that even though BYU lost, they still deserved a higher ranking. And in that, I believe that Coastal Carolina deserves a higher ranking. I still think BYU is a very good football team. It obviously didn't go their way, um, but it was just such an amazing thing to see. It was, it's kind of crazy, Haley, because we've been watching college football our whole lives. And right. if you're obviously watching or listening to this show on your favorite platform, you've been doing the same. Um, it's never crossed our minds, really, that this could be a thing. And it right. had this pugilistic feel of like, a boxing match in the 20s. Like, we're just going to make this title fight, the game of the century, the Mormons versus the mullets. And it was <laughs> awesome. And it came down to one play, like, uh, you know, what, what Super Bowl? Right. Super Bowl 2000, 2001. It was Rams. Right at the goal Titans, line. Right at the goal line. 
It was unbelievable. Right. I know. It was one of those games that it gave you all the good, warm, fuzzy feelings that college football gives you all the anxiety at the same time. It was for me right there with that Clemson and Notre Dame game earlier this year, but I almost feel as if this game actually had more on the line in a certain sense. Um, It helped us, you know, learn a lot more about these teams. And ultimately all that ended up happening was they basically got flipped in the college football rankings. And that was kind of it. The downside is I feel like it might have lost Zach Wilson a chance at the Heisman potentially because now pretty much that erased BYU from anyone's mind realistically. It did. They went big and they went home. I mean, BYU called their shot. They put it out there on social. Like, look, we'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. And like you said earlier, you do have to give them props for flying to Myrtle Beach. That ain't really a destination in college football Yeah, to go play at a high school football stadium with all due respect to the Chanticleers. Um, that was unbelievable. That was the best atmosphere of the year. And it got us thinking, right, of like, it like awakened us all out of a slumber that we've been in. Like, this game happened basically in two days of planning. BYU had nothing. Coastal had nothing. They called. They made it happen. And this whole argument we've always had in college football and the big business of college football in the modern era is that, well, these big matchups between these big con- – well, we can't do that. That's not a thing we can do. We need – well, you know, looking at the schedule, Haley, we, man, we're just booked up for the next five years. We just can't make it happen. I will say the, the difference in what makes 2020 you, as unique as it is special is the fact that – the likelihood of games being canceled opened this door for us. You know, in in other seasons, you're not sitting at a situation or you're not a team like Michigan where you have 45 players who can't play on a given weekend. So it's very true. It, 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 but it gave us a glimpse of like what you and I, at least, and I think a lot of others would like that to be a thing in the future right. that if you are a team like a Texas A&M, who is just right there on the cusp of right. getting into the four, you want to take your show on the road and go play somebody. And I think that just enhances college football because it's right. only in college football because you really do something like that. I, um, feel like, I feel like our society as a whole, though, plays scared and plays, oh yeah, yeah, and, plays and, 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 and as a whole just plays to not lose rather than risking it for the biscuit and going all in. And that's what makes me respect both BYU and Coastal Carolina because of it, you know, you can look into it and it's like, you know, did BYU lose because they had to travel halfway across the country? Like there's a lot more of semantics that go into it, you know, which is why so many people today were optimistic that A&M and Ohio State might pull the trigger to play each other for this weekend after both their games got canceled. It sounds in my purest heart, I would love that. I would love for for that to happen. And it's a thing that actually could. It's not like some pipe dream. Like, oh, I hope we do it in the future. Like, it could be a necessity. And the reason why, because we talked about earlier, is that the game has been canceled for the first time since 1917, which they were kind of dealing with the pandemic back then. It's 103 years, which is crazy. And as you mentioned, uh, we had kind of talked about it earlier. There was alluding to it, but you, you hit the number on the head, 45 players. That's probably the largest number we've heard this year for a team dealing sure with is. COVID. It's crazy. It absolutely is. And, you know, it's not anything that surprising. We talked about this last week as this being a potential scenario happening. Michigan was being a little sketchy about it this weekend, heading into the beginning of the week, and then they finally pulled the plug on the game. Um, and in likelihood, I mean – this will we will get into this this is our very next topic so stay with us people but does this realistically save harbaugh's job because how are you going to fire a man after what 
five games on an unprecedented year. It's it's just that semantic is going to be interesting in a whole nother layer of this game getting canceled. But right now, you know, everyone's immediate focus was on the fact that Texas A&M sitting at number five and Ohio State sitting at number four could potentially play each other this weekend. But bottom line is it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, however, we're going to learn a lot more about the situation. And I guess to point number one about how do you get rid of Jim Harbaugh, well, you offer <laughs> him a contract extension that is a low ball offer. We've talked about in the show at length that Jim probably wouldn't be fired, that he would be, um, um, uh, you know, but resigned. He would be bought out. Or he would be resigned, bought out. Yeah. So they offered him a new contract uh, that basically lowers his base salary. It's uh, incentive laden for him to meet benchmarks that clearly he's not meeting. I'm sure one of them is, hey, beat your rivals. Um, yeah. So now the Get ball to a is, Big Ten championship game. Right. So now the, the ball is in his court of what to do. So a lot of us would presume that he'll resign. He'll go back to the NFL uh, or he won't take the deal. But kind of like you said, it'd be hard to leave. You, get, you, you have one more shot to play Ohio State. You don't get it. And now you're in this awkward position of what to do. And everybody can kind of see this in the room. Uh, it's not nearly as bad as the situation down in Austin, Texas, which we have time for at the end of the show. Maybe we touch on. But we all know what the deal is. It's like you didn't work out here. It's time for you to go. Um, so that could happen with Harbaugh. The bigger news, though, for the Big Ten is that tomorrow morning, so when you hear this show, you'll probably know, but right. the athletic directors for the Big Ten are meeting at 8 a.m. to discuss what to do about Ohio State. Because as we've talked about on the show, Haley, we've beat this dead horse so many – this horse is so dead. We have hit this horse so many times that it's dead that right. this was going to happen in the Big Ten, that they would be the um, organizers of their own demise. They put these rules in place that nobody else told them they had to, and it came back to bite them in the ass. And I want to say one AD, you know, just following the news on Twitter, this was the story of the day. And there was one AD that said, you know, well, how could we have known that this was going to be the situation when we implemented those rules and we don't need to punish anyone for not knowing that we would get to this point. And it's just baffling that that is the expectation and the reaction from certain 80s in the Big Ten, because if I'm an athletic director in the Big Ten at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Northwestern, at Indiana, I'm giving a big F you to Ohio State because they've since the beginning, since when Big Ten football got canceled, a lot of focus is on Nebraska, but Ohio State was the ringleader to come out here and play football and they wanted to get to the college football playoff because of the team that they were bringing back but the team that they brought back has not been the team that we've expected by any means or measure and not only that i would give them some slack if their lack of games was a direct result of other teams having to cancel but ohio state was self-inflicted also they had to cancel a game because of an outbreak in, within their campus so that to me gives them no slack you have no excuse you were a part of this problem that you are currently in so you don't deserve an opportunity to have the rules broken for you because you carry the name and the weight of Ohio State football it's bullshit it is I can hear the Aggie anger behind it and it's justified <laughs> it's justified I get it I'm just as, as, as upset as you, but, you know. but see but it's not even Aggie anger this is even my my darling's Indiana Hoosier anger. You know, you've you've, you've trotted your team out there. You've lost your starting quarterback. You've come to battle for eight weeks 
granted they had to cancel uh practices and such today for covid for Purdue, right. i believe right right well no right. both teams are paused right. currently yeah indiana's yeah. paused too but regardless they've still played more games in ohio state they lost by a touchdown to ohio state so who's the more deserving team if you're indiana you're fighting like hell to, to say that you are I just want to throw this in there on top of that, by the way, that one of the ADs, before we get to these rankings that he was in charge of, Gary Barta, the AD at Iowa, who will be at that meeting, is the CFP chair yes. for the playoff committee. Just to put that right. little cherry on top for anybody wondering, that's going to be an interesting meeting tomorrow morning. Well, when you listen to this show, I have no idea what's going to happen. Here's what right. I think will happen, Haley. I think you know how this is going to go. Yes. Somehow there'll be some bullshit bylaw that they wrote into this thing that they made up a few weeks ago that somehow will allow well, Ohio State to go to the Big Ten Championship. But no, but you know, it's interesting you say that they've made up weeks ago. There was an interview with Kevin Warren today taped 90 minutes before this came out. And they and he says that they hadn't even thought about what would happen if Ohio State doesn't meet the requirements. I don't know if that's saving face, but there's a there's a huge piece of me that genuinely thinks that they had not even thought about it. And now that they're all sitting there like, shit, what are we going to do? I think that and, is right there. That's exactly how all of them are right now. Yeah. For sure. Yes. They're like, we did, we genuinely did not think we are going to get in this position. And now that we are here, what the hell is the right answer? Because there isn't one. And ultimately what's going to end up happening because Ohio State football has the name and it pisses me off because they're like the white privileged children that just think that they deserve it because they have Ohio State on their helmet, on their shoulder pads and everything. Like that's just how this feels. And I'm not taking away from the players or the programs by any means, but they're just this blue collar program that because they think that they think that they're privileged to get in because they have the caliber of players that should be in a college football playoff. But you know what? There's a lot of other programs around the country that do too this year. I think this, this, uh, this sell for A&M is great. I think it's really strong. I love it. Um, I'm not going to disagree. I don't disagree with it. I, I think, I think that there should be plenty of clown mass passed around the big 10 because that's what they are this year. It is absolutely, it's just a derelict of, of leadership. Uh, from top to bottom, from Kevin Warren all the way down. You said it where Ohio State was a ringleader. Nebraska was their sidekick. Kevin Warren was the one who started this entire train of conference-only play for the country, right. put the idea out there, and then went back into his cave and said, we're not going to play, then came back and had the audacity to say, well, you have to play at least six games in an eight-game schedule where there's no bye weeks in the height of flu season and COVID, like you've stated so many times on this show. It's maddening. And, ex and explain this to me, Kevin Warren. Why is your basketball teams playing ACC teams tonight? Well, you can't and, ask indoors. that. Well, <laughs> you can't. They're, they're, the Big Ten basketball tonight, Tuesday night, is currently playing indoors against ACC teams. Yeah, I was watching North Carolina, Iowa. Games. Yeah, I was watching them before Thank the show. Thank you. Yeah. So, so cut your losses, admit that you were wrong again, and just allow Ohio State to pick up an out-of-conference game. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is the Big Ten is just trying to save face over and over and over this year, and that is it. And the only successful outcome is an Ohio State appearance in the college football playoff because at the end of the day, that is what matters. Appearance matters to people in this country, and at the end of the day, Ohio State being in the college football playoff is all that the Big Ten cares about. 
That is. They, uh, you're, you're not wrong. This isn't conspiracy theory tinfoil hat. If you guys go back, you guys being the viewer, listener, go look at Ohio State's schedule. Go look at how the Big Ten paved the road to the Big Ten championship for them yep. as easy as possible. They played nobody this year. We didn't know Indiana was going to be that good. They had one lone game at I Penn did. State. You did. Excuse me. Thank you. <laughs> you should. You need to die in that hell. You were spot on with that. But for the rest, like the schedule was very easy. It was a cakewalk for one sole purpose, which is to get them there. Nobody right. told them to make up the rules that they did. The NCAA didn't do it. They weren't influenced by anybody else except themselves. They dug their own grave. And to your point, I do not like them seeing them try to get out of it. You right. made your bed. You sleep in it now. We've talked yep. about this at length that everybody else, there was no right or wrong in this, but there was a right time to start. And you either got on board with everybody else at the beginning of the season, and that includes the smaller conferences, the right. Sun Belts and the American, along with the Big Three and the SEC, ACC and Big 12. You could have done that, but you didn't. But we all told you that if you came back and tried to play now, this shit would happen. Yep. And, and shit, at this point, like, not even talking – thinking A&M. This is not an advocate for Texas A&M point. I would even be more satisfied and thinking that the Big Ten got what it deserved. Put the freaking Big 12 champion in there. Put them in the college football playoff with two ACC teams and an SEC team. They've played more that, games and they've played, played against more. a tougher conference in the Sun Belt. Okay, fair. Which they've lost every game to the Sun Belt. Sun Belt yeah. is undefeated against the Big 12 this year. But regardless, exactly. regardless, We've seen more out of them. Ohio State, you've shown me nothing. If anything, you've shown how flawed you are this season. It is one of the issues that we've had with Ohio State is that we know that that offense is pretty untouchable through the air and however far Justin Fields is going to take you. The running game, we haven't seen uh, the wow factor that we did because J.K. Dobbins isn't you know there. Trey Sermon filling it, uh, filling the void with Master Teague. Uh, but you're right, that defense is suspect. We haven't seen them be tested except one time this year against Indiana. They have not really been tested by anybody else. And to your point with everybody else, we've been able to see this large body of work with different teams and different styles. The Big Ten never even got a running start. Like, they, they, no team really got a fair shot in this, in this conference. And we're just kind of lambs to the wolves, which was Ohio State. Right. So, to your point, it is disappointing they called it out on game day today. I mean, when you look at Alabama, who's played nine games, and Notre Dame, who's played 10, and Clemson, who's played 10, and you look at A&M, who's played uh, nine at this point, or, well, eight at this point, should be playing nine. Right. It's a big – there is a difference. It needs to be called out. There is a massive difference. There's such a massive difference, and not even just that, but here's my little A&M sprinkle on this because, trust me, I will get into – this defense for Texas A&M football, and I will gladly get into the stats and the nitty-gritty here, but I will tell you this. In total points allowed per game, the sample size that A&M has compared to Ohio State, A&M is still allowing fewer points per game than Ohio State. Yeah. No, that defense it, has, has been stellar this year. That's the you real You know, and so, like, A&M is, is, is surpassing Ohio State – in categories with a larger sample size of games, with a larger margin of error. You know, Ohio State, if you came out and you played all of your opponents the way that you played uh, Michigan State last weekend, we would be having a completely different conversation. Very Completely true. different. Yeah. But you won by a touchdown to, in, in, to Indiana. You know, and, and, you, and you say that with a grain of salt because Indiana is doing well this year, but they're still Indiana. <sighs> 
They are still Indiana. Here's what I think it really comes and down like, to. And that's your signature win. Here's what I, I think it really comes down to, Haley, uh, with Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M is a very good team. I don't know if they're better than Ohio State. And I, the reason I think that the, that the Buckeyes have gotten a little bit more of a nod is because they are flashier. And I think when you look at the margin of victory for these teams, if you look at the four teams uh, that are in the four spots for the playoffs, all of them rank in the top 10 for average margin of victory. A&M is 35th. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that when you look at, you know, Ohio State beat the hell out of Michigan State by what? Was it 52 to 10? It's yeah. more impressive than a 12 to 7 over Vanderbilt. Aggies play ugly football this year. There's no debate about it. That offense isn't the best, but they get it done. They just win. That running attack is amazing for them. They play this See, old think, school football. But I think the thing about it is you say A&M's not flashy, but you look like you look at a game that they just had and they did have explosive plays. There hasn't been a game. They were right on the brink of it where they haven't played entirely complimentary football in one game. They've they had yeah. they've had games where their defense pulls them out of it or their offense pulls them out of it. They have like not put the two of them together. Florida's defense has not got them out of shit this year. No, but, no I'm saying the A&M game against oh, Florida. Oh, yes, like yes. The offense Offense got them out of that you. game. Yeah, right, absolutely. exactly. And, and with that being said, but you can't sit here and tell me that – after beating Florida, who is a who is the number six team in the country at the time was the number four team in the country, that win is massive. Especially how people how highly coveted people talk about Florida. Bottom line is defenses just aren't sexy to people these days. That's that's what it comes down to. Defenses yeah. are not sexy, and you don't want to watch these grudge matches anymore. But A and M beating Florida running the table and having double digit wins over every single sec west opponent i don't care what you have to say about the sec west this year i don't care if you talk about them having a down year it's still the quality of players that they're facing week in and week out is superior to the quality of players that ohio state has had to face bottom line there there could be that argument made i don't know if you should include bo nix in that argument uh as far as top players but um I, to your point, it's true. I, I can play devil, devil's ab, advocate with you all day, not because I want to, but I think that's what's happening on the playoff committee. Yeah. It's trading back and forth between Ohio State and A&M of bringing up valid point and then countering with valid point. Right, but then you point, well, they, but yeah, and like what I'm saying, even about this defense, A&M's defense is number one in SEC in total defense yards per game allowed. Next is Georgia, next is Bama for perspective. They're the number one defense in pass yards per game. They're allowing 228, next is Missouri, next is Auburn. And they're second team in defensive rush per game, allowing right at 100 yards per game. Absolutely. But I'm again, not, yeah. it, it, it comes down to the fact that which team is sexier, you know, because of the fact that it, with an offense, your offense needs to click. It needs to gel. It needs to mold together. A&M did not play football basically for 21 days. Naturally, your offense, yeah. right. And naturally your offense is going to come out flat, lackluster. Some of that chemistry is gone, but then you saw that chemistry pick back up this last weekend against Auburn and even playing, playing in Auburn where there were fans present in a game that you don't know what the hell you're going to get out of an Auburn team. And the way that that team finished that game in the fourth quarter, that's what separates good teams from great teams is in the fact that how A&M finished and, they, they and did that's finish. They did. I do want to say, though, if Kellen Mond throws that interception, that should have been an interception. We're talking about a different ballgame. 
because that could have been ball game. But, okay, we want to talk semantics. Let's go back to week two against Alabama. If Kellen Mond hadn't thrown that interception right before halftime, all the momentum is still with Texas A&M. It's anyone's game. I get it. I get it. Right. Like, I know. It's and just like, the way it goes. But, like, bottom line, it just comes down to the fact of this massive elephant in the room of why not just play Ohio State and Texas A&M? Oh, it'd be so good. Damn it, it'd be great. I love the idea of it. Have A&M go to Columbus, go play that game. Nobody would be there. Wait, so why do they have to go to Columbus? Why can't they come to Texas A&M? Oh, Ohio State ain't coming to, to Texas A&M. That's not Over half their work. players are from Texas. Might it as well get them all coming. Oh, I get it. But it <laughs> right? Garrett Wilson would love to be back in Texas. <laughs> yeah. But no, just like BYU would have to fly out to Coastal, even though like it's ridiculous you would have to go to Ohio State because we've talked about this. We talked about this before the show. Ohio State, now that we've seen the rankings that we're about to get into, right. yes, they're still at the four spot. They don't need anything right now, right now, as right. far as we think. Right. Because there's still a lot left to be played. I think the best option for A&M, who I don't know if they're going to get another game, is to root for two teams to take care of business. Because I think that's the only way that Ohio's, or that Texas A&M gets in. Because looking at the rankings, the same as last week, the same as they've always been, one, two, three, four, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, then it's five, six, A&M, four of the same. Right. Um, is rooting for Bama to take care of business against Florida and rooting for Notre Dame to beat Clemson again. That, I think, is the biggest opening that Texas A&M could see. Right. Uh, in the coming weeks is if Notre Dame is able to knock off a full strength Trevor Lawrence and, and Dabo and the crew uh, Clemson ain't going they're not no. going to let them be do a number that, they're not going to let them time. play at their time right A&M could squeeze into that oh, spot that I don't think you understand how much that pains me oh no I know because you don't like them I uh, don't Notre like Dame Notre Dame. I get that I'm not a big indie fan either but every Aggie fan, if you want a shot to go to the playoffs, you need to paint your house gold. You need to pop in Rudy. Put on your lucky uh, uh, clover I've somewhere. I've never seen Rudy. Okay, well, you're going to need to because you're going to need to root for this Notre Dame team to somehow beat a full-strength Clemson Tiger team who's gunning to go back. Because that is, as far as I can see right now, barring some crazy upset, um, which doesn't benefit. Like, if Bama loses to Florida, that's terrible for a because uh, Bama is in no matter what, right? Winner, loser, in. I don't see a world where Bama loses. I, I don't either. I, I think that also hurts A and M just from the optics of it. Is that that would be the team that they would play in the playoffs, and it wasn't that close of a game. And I know that it was early in the season, and that you could see a different result. But I think that also hurts them as well. I think it's the little things, obviously, keeping Texas A and M out of that four spot. Okay, a, so you trying to be a neutral party here, you would rather watch a, eh, we don't really know what you got going on, Ohio State team against Bama over a much improved Texas A&M team that played a competitive game against Alabama their first time around. That wasn't a competitive game. That yes, was it was. Not, the first half was competitive. It was competitive for about five minutes, and then they, no, Bama I'm just ran away. I'm going <laughs> to pull it up. You can I'm going to pull it up. up. You want to go in the box score? We're going to talk they about the box score. They lost by 30 points. They lost by 30 points. I want to see a competitive game. Here's what I know for sure, Miss Graves. I know that Ohio State's offense is better than A&M's, and A&M's defense is better than Ohio State's. And I would love to see those two teams square off. I wish I knew more about both. That's the thing that pisses me off the same as you with Ohio State is that we still have not seen their full body of work. And their full body of work right now isn't that great. 
We're splitting hairs with AM and Ohio State, which is unfortunate. This is a good case for the playoff to be expanded. Um, and when you get into the other teams as well, it, it's chaos below five and six. And so who really knows what's going to end up happening? Bottom line, I just do not think that Ohio State deserves it. I think that they're getting in simply because their name is Ohio State football, and that's what bothers me. Absolutely. I think that's a fair statement to make. I don't think you can definitively sit there as an impartial fan and say the Buckeyes clear, clearly and far away from everybody else they're in front of deserve the four spot. It's really hard to make that statement because you'd have to point to us in multiple situations. Well, why and how does Ohio State deserve it? There's not a lot of great answers, except for the fact that it's like the college football elitists. It's familiar faces in Justin Fields and Ryan Day. They were there last year, put them back in next year. That's it. Yeah. So. And for what it's worth, with. Are you looking? Did you look oh, this? Oh, I did. It was not with a competitive nine, game. With, yes. Well, with less than half of the second quarter to go. So you're at at least 25 minutes of football. It is a one score game. Prior to that, it was tied up until halfway through the second quarter. That game was tied. Then you're looking at a one-score game, and that the play I'm talking about, Kellen Mond's pick six when Texas A&M was in Alabama's red zone is what was the nail in their coffin. It was. It was. Texas was also up on LSU last year after a half. It wasn't competitive. LSU was beating the hell out of them the whole time. It's just it was competitive what it was. for a half. It was, yeah, for yeah, it was competitive for a half. But you knew who the better team was on the field. I, I agree with I you to an extent. I just want competitive football. <laughs> I know. You I just do. want competitive football. That's all I'm asking for. I know that's what you're asking for, and I think it would be great. And, and I, I don't think Ohio State is going to give me that. I don't think they are. I don't. Here's 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 the real reality for that four spot this year that I think all of us are kind of we're not ignoring, but I think there's truth in the matter. No matter who four is, they're being they're getting beat by Alabama. Right. I think Alabama's just on another level, right? right. Firing on all cylinders. Like we thought, you know, losing uh, Jalen Waddle this year would be a real detriment to that. Fuck that noise. Right. Good God, right. Devontae Smith, have yourself a game against LSU, yeah. which I think we all kind of knew was going to happen. That Saban's out for revenge this year. Coach O talked some shit down in uh, uh, Tuscaloosa last year that was not appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) You knew that one was going to get away from him quick. That's what I appreciate so much about Saban is the fact that, like, when he not only wants to beat you, he wants to step on your throat and go full throttle. He does not give a shit. Sometimes you'll see him let up on his former assistants, but anyone else – no, oh, yeah. Like, like Twitter was kind of losing its mind over, like, can you believe the Alabama score? I'm like, yes, I absolutely can. Yep. I'd be more Same. shocked if it was, like, a touchdown game. Right. That would, that would shock me. Uh, no, I thought there should have been 100 points on the board. Um, so just looking at this, and the playoffs, uh, uh, new rankings tonight, Haley, you know, getting into the rest of it outside wow. of the top four of what c- could possibly happen, as you said at the beginning of the show, the committee gave us a lot of answers for what they're thinking. So when we look at everybody this week, um, we saw some big moves. Um, I'm going to give you the the moves and then I'm going to get your thoughts on all of them. You know, we were wondering what was going to happen between BYU and Coastal Carolina. We saw Coastal Carolina, as you said, basically switch with BYU at the 13 spot. Um, We saw teams like Iowa move up to 16. We saw Texas back in the top 25, which I just don't understand. Uh, Louisiana 
at nine and one, who I, I want to mention them uh, for the sake of what I'm going to talk about in a little bit at 19. And then we see this, Haley, and this is where you and I just don't understand what happened. Indiana, who beat number 16 Wisconsin without Michael Penix at their quarterback, right. uh, they beat Wisconsin this weekend. They stay at 12. Oklahoma's now in front of Indiana at 11. Miami's still at the 10 spot. Georgia falls two spots. Cincinnati fell a spot for just not playing. And Iowa State is now the seventh ranked team in the country at eight and two. Right. The air, the two that I think are just absolutely disgusting in this is the fact that Georgia is still in the top 10. I'm sorry, what? You're six and two team. You have eight and one Miami behind you, seven and two Oklahoma, and six and one Indiana, and even 10 and Oco Coastal Carolina. And somehow Georgia is still up there. That's, that's the one that makes no sense to me that I would love some explanation on, please, and ASAP. But also, I'm sitting there scratching my head at why Oklahoma would jump a 6-1 and one Indiana because Oklahoma has two losses to K-State and Iowa State, and their biggest win is over Oklahoma State, who don't really truly still know who they are. And Indiana's only loss is to your coveted, precious Ohio State number four spot team by a touchdown. Like, that's, that's disrespectful. This, this entire – I talked about it at the beginning of the show that this rankings, they said a lot about what the playoff committee is thinking. And they're thinking Big 12 football is creeping back in. That's what they're thinking. So I don't know if this is a play for, you know, there to be more – excitement around the big 12 championship between Iowa state and Oklahoma, the rematch there. I don't know if that's what they're trying to do here and make it a more coveted matchup, but it's quite frankly bullshit because even Iowa state to me, placing them in the spot that they're currently in now is their way of saying, Hey, we now have an excuse to toss a big 12 champion up in that college football final four. So you think the Big 12 could potentially make it into the four? Yes. Potentially. I think, I mean, obviously there would be a lot Iowa, of things that had to happen. If Iowa State beats Oklahoma for a second time and becomes Big 12 champion, that Big 12 champion title is enough to put them in the Final Four, in my opinion. That is crazy. I, I will uh, – I think uh, I'd be along with everybody else in the streets for the revolution if that does happen. Because, uh, okay, well, let's let's also put this perspective out there. As you mentioned, Notre Dame beats, you know, Notre Dame beats uh, Clemson. This is a big if, people. I know that. Yes. But <laughs> Notre Dame beats Clemson. Then you have a two-loss Clemson, a two-loss Iowa State. It's the same semantics. Do you want to? Is Clemson's not going to go in there? So are you going to put A and M versus Alabama? Are you going to put Iowa State versus Alabama? Iowa State at least has Brees Hall, who is definitely deserving of some Heisman conversation. You know, so at least he has a name. He has excitement. He has incentive for people to watch. They have ultimate underdog mentality. Whereas, like those again, those shiny things about Texas A&M, they lack. They lack interest. They lack intrigue. There's not a player on that team that make people that don't know anything about Texas A&M football want to tune in to watch them. Honestly, that's what this all comes down to. And so, an Iowa State team who is kind of shiny, who is kind of eyebrow raiser, I could see it. It's not far-fetched. I mean, if we've learned anything in 2020, it's that don't make proclamations 
in this year because anything is possible. So you right. saying that they could get in, I wouldn't put it past them because if you look back at the Big 12's record with the playoffs, they've pretty much been in it every single year with Oklahoma. And that's an right. Oklahoma team that has never made it to the playoffs without a loss. This year right. they happen to have two. And if, like you said, if they really think Oklahoma is that good because they keep moving them up in the rankings, uh, yeah, Iowa State would have that title, which is going to go a long way because that's the only thing Ohio State has going for it right now is that if it right. can get a Big Ten championship, then, yeah, they're in. Um, there's just so much in that that I just don't understand because I, I, I'm trying to figure out what the committee is really trying to say in these. Because if you're going to say that Iowa State is the seventh best team in the country, okay, they have lost two games. One of those right. games, as you said, was to Oklahoma State. The other one was Louisiana at the beginning of the year. And I don't give a shit that it was at the beginning of the year. They got destroyed 31-14 at home by Louisiana. That's unacceptable. Right. That Louisiana team is 9-1. and one. Hey, Haley, who's the one team that beat Louisiana this year? Coastal Carolina, who's undefeated. So you're trying to tell me that the Sun Belt, that went 3-0 and against the Big 12, with an undefeated Coastal Carolina, who beat Louisiana, who beat Iowa State, Iowa State is better than both of those teams? And they're the seventh best in the country? Are we not giving a shit about head-to-head? Are we will, not giving a shit about conference strength? I will. Okay. Okay. Let's let's chill out here. No, yes. I refuse to cheer out on the, the Chanticleers. They deserve more respect than 13. That's okay, a slap in the face. Okay, decide which freaking wagon you want to be on. No, You've no, been no. on BYU's wagon. Now BYU loses to Coastal Carolina, so you're going to jump ship here and advocate for your roosters. Yes. But in reality, it is. It still is college football. The Sun Belt has no weight. No one they gives don't. a shit. No, no one. Big 12 still holds the weight. It goes back to everything we're talking about, about the theme of this year, that your history matters, and that is what is shining through. And at the end of the day, it will be so much easier for the the college football playoff committee to just say hey we're putting conference champions in and that's how Iowa State is going to get in because again at the end of the day they say they put out the rankings based on the teams and how they're performing right now and right now Iowa State has proven that they're the number seven team in the country I understand that they had a bullshit loss against Louisiana in what week one but at the end of the day, they've turned it on since then and had some quality wins. They've had at least two top 25 wins. They've also had two top 25 losses. You know, you're looking at a team like Cincy, who's sitting right behind them now, who has had zero of each. It's true. And Cincy really, well, I want to say Cincy got a bad uh, shake of it this week as well in losing their game with Tulsa that got canceled. But right. they were going to play them back-to-back -back anyways. Uh, so I kind of think that's a good thing for them because they're going to play them in the AAC championship. Right. But, yeah. They haven't played for three weeks. They, they were kind of like the Aggies were uh, back right. in November. Just they haven't played for almost a month now. Right. And people um, forgot about how awesome their quarterback is. They did. So they drop a spot. I just, I think right now, and by the way, I've always been on Coastal Carolina's side. I might not have been vocal about it at all or said one thing about okay. it, but in my heart. I have been, I, been, I have not been vocal. I've not said anything, but I have rooted for them in my exactly. closet at home. Yes, this is so true. It's so 100% true. I would never lie about this. I love them, uh, Chanticleers, or however you pronounce it. You're just, I would know. You're, I'm like, you're just excited that you know how to pronounce Chanticleer. They're fucking awesome. And those all black unis were dope and they were fighting. It was great. I right. love this No, team. it's exciting, but it's no yes. different than what we've seen every other year from a UCF. Yes. No, it is. And this is that whatever brand of football that Coastal Carolina is playing, that spread <laughs> option 
weird wishbone passing offense. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Like BYU right. is a talented football team. Yeah. They have no idea what to do with that. Um, I would bet money that Coastal Carolina would beat the dog shit out of Iowa State. Iowa State got gifted victories this year, namely by Texas, which was pathetic. They're not the seventh best team Here in the country. It comes out. It They're comes not. Out. The bitterness from <laughs> Iowa State comes out. So is that a quality win by Iowa State over Texas? Because that's when they made their big jump well, last week. Well, clearly it is because, you know, Texas is still somehow in the top 25. So. Texas is, is, is six and three. They're number 20. Colorado, who's undefeated, is, is 21. You have Okie State, NC State, Tulsa, Missouri. I mean, yeah, you could throw Texas in there, but they're not in the top 20 team. We but you know, know what's, you, know what's, you know what else is the other one that's wild is hmm. seeing USC sit at that number 15 spot. They that's another do. one. That's another one that I feel like because their name is USC, that that's why they're getting gifted the number 15 spot. They are. And now congratulations for USC for, you know, exceeding expectations. I think it's more important uh, for Helton and that program to just be winning. Uh, instead of shooting for the playoffs but that tells you in itself right there and this is I'm not trying to be mean this is just realistic USC is the highest ranked Pac-12 team so you're representing the conference Mm -hmm. Northwestern and Coastal Carolina are ranked ahead of you if that lets you know what the committee feels about the Pac-12 right which is harsh but it's true it is true that's got to hurt though to know that your USC is behind Coastal Carolina in rankings right the last thing I'm going to say, because this thought just keeps creeping into my mind, how do we control a guaranteed Big Ten championship game? Well, here's what you could do if you go by the rule book of the Big Ten. Because Ohio <laughs> State has not qualified for six games, that would go to the next team in the West, or excuse me, in the East, which, which is Indiana. Indiana. Put Indiana in the Big Ten championship, which at this time would be Northwestern, and Indiana. you represent. Uh, whoever wins that represents the Big Ten for wherever they would go. That's the way it should be. That is the way it should be, but it's not the way it's going to be because no. Ohio State is the darlings that everyone just keeps trying to skip judgment on. So I, I think really at the end of this year, on a serious note, that they the Big Ten in itself needs to reevaluate its leadership. They need to reevaluate Kevin Warren. They need to reevaluate yeah. what they did this year. They sent college football into a massively different direction. Everything that's happened this year has happened because of the Big Ten. You're not wrong. They set the stage for literally all of it. They screwed up this whole damn thing. And it's not – I don't want to say that just because of COVID and everything that happened. They screwed it up in in terms of everything that we've decided to do is because they put it out in place and they were the leaders saying, this is what we're going to do, follow us. And then they just left the ship. But I think, but I think it's, I think the worst part of that is great leaders and leadership are able to also accept when they're wrong. Instead, Ohio State just keeps trying to come out with these proclamations and with, with these ideas, still acting like they're the smartest person in the room when they're not. That's, we're, yeah, we're that's all looking just, at the Big Ten thinking none of us really care to hear what you say anymore. Right. And so to me, the best thing as a conference they could do is say, hey, you know, we were wrong. Let's let's schedule a non-conference game. If Ohio State is down for it, let's schedule it. We were wrong. We admit that. But where I don't agree with them being wrong 
is with this is adjusting this five game minimum again just coming back to the fact that ohio state had you taken care of business had you not had a game canceled because of a COVID outbreak within your locker room it would be so much different because that would have been a controlled thing that they couldn't control that would have been out of their hands had it always been on the opposing team but it wasn't ohio state had an outbreak their head coach tested positive this was that was that self-inflicted. I'm sorry, you don't you don't deserve to have the rules bended for you because you couldn't keep you couldn't keep it out of your own locker room. They shouldn't have the, the rules bent in a, in a lot of different ways. One is just integrity for what the league set up in itself. Right. They were the only like nobody made the NCAA didn't come down and say, hey, you need to make this six game minimum. Like, <laughs> right. They imposed all this shit on themselves. They made this eight week schedule where they said we won't have any bye weeks and we're just going to get yep. right through it. And you have to have six games to get to, to Indianapolis. Uh, and nobody, you're just making it up. Right. So in that same sense, you should be like, yeah, we, we fucked up. And yep. we're not going to do that. That's what you should say. We fucked up. We did. And Just we're accept gonna... responsibility. That's all we're asking for from the Big Ten is to accept responsibility. Yes. And maybe I won't feel as much disgust as I do for them right now. Kevin Warren should come out and say, uh, we screwed the pooch. We set this whole thing up so Ohio State could go. We failed in that. We're still going to do that, but we're sorry. Goodbye. And if you did last, that, we... The last option slash question I have, is there a world? Where <laughs> I can't even seriously get the question out. <laughs> is there a world where Northwestern beats Ohio State? Yes, there is. Okay. There is there is that there is absolutely that world. We talked about it earlier. If you fall into the Pat Fitzgerald uh pit, which is what happened in Wisconsin, and you play his game, it's almost like Red Coats and uh, <laughs> uh the uh the the rebels. Uh, what were we called during the American Revolution? What are we? It was the red coats and the whatever you know, colonists, patriots, whatever. Blue coats. Blue, no, I don't think it was blue coats. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Mel Gibson was in a movie about it. History's um, not my thing. But it was guerrilla warfare, and so if you play yeah. Pat Fitzgerald's game, he'll drag you down in there, and he will make you play fundamentally sound football. And if you're not ready for it, you will lose. That is what happened in Wisconsin. I Ohio State could absolutely fall into that. It could right. be a thing. It's, I would never put it past. There's teams around the country, right? And there's coaches around the country that you just right. don't ever want to play. You know, back in the Big 12, it, it, it was uh, uh, Bill Snyder up at K-State. You don't want to play him. You don't want to play the right. Wizard in Manhattan. You know this as well as I do. Yep. He's just a, he's one of the best coaches in the country. It's the same with Gary Patterson up at TCU. There's places you just don't want to go. You right. used to want to not go to Corvallis up at Oregon State. Night yep. game. Ask you a C about that shit. Right. Um, Half the only thing, is that guy in the Big Ten. The only thing that makes me nervous is because last year's Northwestern Ohio State game, the final score is 24-45. Well, yeah, wow. I mean, that's that's more like that's most likely going to happen. Uh, however, however, but given certain circumstances, they played at Ohio State <laughs> with obviously tons of fans, that atmosphere. You know, so where – do they play on a neutral location for Big Ten Championship? Yeah, it's a, I believe they play at Lucas Oil uh, is where they play the Big Ten Championship game. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if that's still the same for this year. It might right. have been changed, but I think that's it. Right. And so if they do, then, you know, sure. Maybe Look, Northwestern has a shot. Anything can happen. I, you've seen crazier things happen in college football. Like uh, in this year – 
Um, anything is possible. I honestly was truly today very, very shocked by the cancellation of the game. I was, I I mean, I mean, everybody was shocked. We talked about at the beginning of the show. I mean, Ryan, just because, well, and just because they like, uh, Michigan as a whole, I feel like was really downplaying the severity of their situation. They just kept saying we're limiting workouts, you know, we're just going through the protocols and testing. And like, I even looked at it earlier today and articles that came out yesterday were saying things look optimistic. I'm getting inside information that they're going to play. And then all of a sudden it's like, nope, sorry, we're not. We have 45. Yeah. 45 is not a small little leak. That's that's more than half your football team that you can put out there. Um, And yeah, everybody thought it was going to happen. Ryan Day was literally on with Heather Dinich of ESPN talking about how they should change the title game, but that he fully expects to play Michigan. This was like hours before the announcement. Right. So everybody in the Big Ten, it it is, it just, and again, that speaks to more of the Big Ten's issue this year with communication and leadership and how to go about things. Because look, if I'm Ohio State, I'm also a little pissed off at Michigan. If you know that you have 45 kids I know we're rivals, but you should tell us. If you tell us, we have a week to adjust our schedule and maybe go get a non-conference game. But now it's Wednesday, because that's basically when this came down was Tuesday afternoon. So you ain't got time to schedule a game in two days, no matter if it's A&M, no matter if it's go grab Iowa uh, from within the conference, go grab Maryland. You don't have time. Right. So you kind of dicked them over, which, I mean. Tell me this. Tell me this. Tell me this. What happens if there's an outbreak at Northwestern and or Ohio State next week? That would put in jeopardy the Big Ten championship game by their own rules of the 21-day period. Um, I'm not exactly sure if they have a contingency plan in the Big Ten conference for that. I don't know if you can replace the game. I don't know if it would go to the next – would it go to Wisconsin and Indiana? I don't – it possibly could. I'm just, I, I'm just saying some what ifs here. Because well, didn't? Because how long ago was? Hold up, hold up, y'all. Because I, I think put, that question right there, Haley. I think you need to be piped into the Big Ten uh, AD meeting tomorrow. Drop that. <laughs> let me just go. Let me just go hack, hack into their Zoom meeting. People it's can a, do that, you know. You can do that. It's been done before. Um, but I don't think. I honestly don't know if they are thinking about that right now because they didn't even think about the possibility of Ohio State not making it. I think you would send the Big right. Ten into a frenzy tomorrow if you dropped that on them. <laughs> I was like, like, hey, guys, y'all should probably think about this. Um, checking our notes here, what is this asterisk? Um, well, you should probably just have a contingency plan for this just in case, given how things are kind of happening in the Midwest, in our country, much less in your whole conference. Yes, I think the contingency wait. plan would just be to move the game out to a further date. I imagine that's probably the plan for the SEC, for but, the Big Ten, but, or Big but, 12. But we have this nice shiny circle around the 19th that says all games have to be completed by the 19th in order for the college football playoff to d- decide. Yeah, so I guess you couldn't do that. I have no idea. I have no idea what you do. I know it would, it would be pandemonium. Well, actually, you know what? I think it might be kind of easy. It would be then who got to play, which would probably piss off a lot of people. But to your point, if an Iowa State Oklahoma game happens, if all right. the other conference championship games that are slated to happen, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida Alabama happen, then you just go with that. Yeah. You already have enough there in the top four. 
So maybe you that have could enough. Be you have one. enough there in the top six. You do have there that yes, you just you say. Do. You just say, "Sorry, Big Ten, y'all can play at a later date, but you're not getting in." That you know what I would love to have happen. I want every but I want four through. Let me look at this. Four through twelve to all fall off the face of the earth, and I want my fighting roosters in the fourth spot to play Bama. <laughs> How fucking awesome would that be? Shut up. That's what we deserve this year. I I can't with you. They don't deserve that. They don't. Um, They don't. But because what what game was it? Was it the Illinois? It was Illinois. So it was two weeks ago that Ohio State had to cancel, right? On their, it was their, that was Mm -hmm. their weekend that they canceled. They had 23 players out this past week from that, right? So they're approaching the 21 day period. I think that they'll be fine. So next week, they'll be a full strength team. Next week, they should be, yeah. Okay, that's what I was – that was my question. So that'll be it then, I guess. We'll see. I mean, it's it's frustrating that we're doing this show right now and literally, you know, in a few no, hours in the so morning. No, it's so fun because we get to just <laughs> – we get to speculate. Speculate? I mean, I think you and I both agree are on the same page, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they are going to find a way, however it is, to yes. change their own rules to put Ohio yes. State in that game. Yes. I would be but, shocked if okay, there was anything else. But it better freaking be the same voting situation that it was when they were deciding <laughs> to play is all I'm saying. Because if I'm Indiana or if I'm Wisconsin, if I'm Northwestern, or if I'm any of these other schools, I am on the phone tonight lobbying to get them to vote against bending the rules for Ohio State. It's going to be interesting, right? It's going to be, it's almost like Survivor, who's on your tribe and who's Right, not. because um, even even Northwestern, Northwestern, you're going to want to play Indiana over playing Ohio State. Absolutely. Everybody would want to play, play Indiana, right? If you're from, uh, if you're in the West, because they're, they're down, they're starting quarterback. You right, love it exactly. They in Ohio State, right. Um, it is, yeah. an interesting, it's an interesting situation. Indiana has the probably the best argument and getting the best team in, which really I'm pissed off the most out of that one in the rankings, right, Haley? You don't Indiana didn't move a spot for beating a ranked team without their starting quarterback. That's just disrespectful. Right. That's what I said. Goes against exactly what the committee's talking about. But if you're Indiana, you have done your business this year. You had one of the toughest schedules in the Big Ten. You beat everybody except for Ohio State in a game that you guys played extremely well. And you lost by touchdown. You lost by touchdown and you followed the rules and you met the requirement that the conference set out to uh, that they put out and you did it. So why shouldn't you go to the Big Ten championship game if I'm Indiana? That's what I'm saying. Ooh, you want to know another worst-case scenario? This is the last mm. one, people, and I promise we'll wrap it up because I could do this all day. Actually, this is what I did all day. This <laughs> consumed my thoughts all day. It really did. Ooh, worst-case scenario, like worst, worst case. They decide at the meeting tomorrow we're not going to adjust it for Ohio State. Congratulations, Indiana. You are going to represent the east in the championship game but since indiana currently just paused covid i mean cause that they currently just paused all athletic activity if they end up having an outbreak right now and then it's week of championship game and then the big 10 is just like oh well indiana can't play i guess you're in ohio state that's what's gonna happen you just figured <laughs> it out heard it here first that is exactly what the the conference is. That going would to be so tomorrow. sad. They're good. actually that makes perfect sense when you say it. they will announce tomorrow that Indiana, rightful heir, can't play. Therefore, goes to the next team. Damn then, Graves, you, fit, you did it again, you sly dog. 
You figured it out. That would be so sad. I think that actually, that sounds legit. That sounds like a real thing that can happen. Your, your, your actual scapegoat right there. Right. Damn. That's heavy and dark and sad. And that sad. Sucks. And 2020, that is the most 2020 outcome. It is. When we, at the end of all of this though, there's probably a lot of people in Tuscaloosa and then a lot of people in South Carolina being like, all of you are fighting for scraps because Alabama and Clemson are going to play again for the national championship. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Isn't that? Yes. Like, so we're squabbling for nothing, basically. Why are we yep. even doing this show? Bama and Clemson are just going to, there's your show. Bama and Clemson are going to play again. Wow. Did you also know that the old Oaken Bucket game being in serious jeopardy? Purdy is also more than 100 years old. That's what they call the I that's what they call the Indiana Purdue game. The old oaken bucket. They got the little yep. brown they got the brown <laughs> jug for Minnesota Michigan. They yep. have a ton of weird trope. Paul Bunyan's axe. What else <laughs> they got up there? They got a ton up there. That's so fun. We should rank the best like rivalry game titles. Rivalry game titles? Yeah. Like this one, the I old mean, oaken bucket. The Oaken game, buck, yeah, the lame. game is That's pretty lame. good. Bedlam, yeah, Bedlam is su such a great, and it, it just brings back so many great memories. <laughs> Red River rivalry, that no. one's just a tongue twister. No, I refuse to be PC. I, I am for adjusted gun rights. We probably just lost <laughs> half our, our our audience. It is the Red River shootout. I do not. The, there's some things that America got too PC with when obviously we need rights for more people. We're veering off into a different podcast now. It's a, it is the Red River, it's the Red River shootout. I don't care if that offends anybody. It shouldn't. That doesn't make a kid want to go do a Columbine. It makes right. you want to go watch a football game. Right. God, rivalry. That's so stupid. It's the shootout. It has not been a shootout though, like in you know, back in the day when they were the egg. Teams. I'm just I'm moving on your your um, right. little spiel you have here, the egg bowl. The egg bowl. The egg bowl's good. Um, you have any more? One. I mean, obviously. If you have any more, let us know. This could be fun. I like thinking about this. What about the Lone Star Showdown? That's, no. You didn't like that one? Wasn't that just, isn't, that's what they call A&M Arkansas, right? No, that's what they call A&M Texas. Do you not remember that? Oh, they definitely transferred that. So I'm pretty sure that's what they call A&M Arkansas now. No, but that's stupid. Arkansas is not I'm pretty Texas. sure that's what they A&M Arkansas rivalry is called something, and it's very close to that. Well, it's not Lone Star. Arkansas is not in uh, Texas. Because that would be a dumb Aggie thing to do then. Texas was Texas, Texas A&M. They definitely Arkansas. Oh, Southwest Classic. Yeah, the I was South, close. There you go. Which makes sense. It's all South. That was not close, but it's in that same vein. Star Southwest. Yeah, because you had to replace us with Arkansas. Yeah. God, and we replaced you guys with like Baylor. Uh, Ooh, battle line rivalry is Arkansas Missouri. Uh, border war was great between Kansas and Mizzou. Um, is that really what they called that? That's border fun. war. Yeah, it goes back to the Civil War with uh, with being free state, not state. That, that was one oh, of the longest libraries ever. So fun! I really like this. Does and does Alabama and Tennessee have what name? Um, I'm not sure, but Tennessee is Alabama's hat. If you look at a map, Tennessee sits. Oh yeah, <laughs> on Alabama. <laughs> Tennessee Tennessee's the hat for a lot of the South. Kind of like yes. Oklahoma is Texas's hat. Yes. 
What a great show we're doing. If anyone is at the end of this episode, props to you for you're getting the best part of this conversation right now. I'm going to tease people to stay to the end of the show to listen to this. It is good though. It is. That is one of the sad things though this year lost in it is like robberies that won't be played for over that have been played for centuries not getting played. It's like we're literally for the rest of time or less of our life we're never going to be able to forget the year 2020 simply because it's going to be like you're going to look in record books and oh what broke the hundred year rivalry right. 2020 a virus a pandemic virus. same shit hundred years the big later 10. no it's not even covid let's be call a spade a spade it is not covid it's the big 10 yes. kevin warren <laughs> ruined this for everyone kevin warren did he messed this up there's without a doubt when his and well you and i will continue that narrative along with everybody else the big 10 really screwed this whole thing up they dictated the entire year and we are back full circle people full circle damn it big 10 but i tell you what what, full circle even more with what byu and coastal carolina did texas and texas a&m have no excuse they have no excuse Haley. talk to your longhorns first a&m's doing all right right now yeah you're doing so well not being in the playoffs just like us we're in the same boat we might be at the very back of the boat, but we're in the same boat of not going to the promised land. I told you, and I've said this for weeks, that I'm satisfied with Texas and making a New Year's Six Bowl. That is promise. Running the table, winning out, which I said, and you laughed at me after they beat Florida. I didn't laugh. You did laugh. I probably laughed. You did laugh. I said a was going to run the table. They were going to win out, and they were going to go to New Year's Six Bowl, and I would be happy with that, and I stand by what I said. You did. You were right about that. I didn't know the SEC West would be that shitty, but they were, and y'all. My, beat them. my biggest, my biggest hope for this year at this point is not even for A and M to make the college football playoff. It's simply for Ohio State to not. That's fair. That's where that, that's where I'm at. And that that is college football in its purest form, right there. Is rooting for something that doesn't like it's never really affected you before, and now you hate that thing. You hate that right. thing. Right. You want it to and, die. And, and, the, uh, and, you know, it's funny because rather than jumping on bandwagons and rather becoming a fan of teams, I jump on the anti-wagon and I start to hate teams. I learn about teams that I dislike. Notre Dame was that for a while for me. They still kind of are, but Ohio State has taken over in full form. Usually it's LSU. They got a buy this year, but I just find teams to really dislike rather than five teams to be a fan of full circle you, you you encapsulate what the show name is <laughs> it's not your team it's you and you are the crazy person it is and with that people we will wrap <laughs> yeah, yeah we need to get out of here you can you can find me in all my twitter rants i did a bunch of them today because i had a lot of thoughts um you can find me on twitter Haley one graves two or on instagram i don't really talk much about football there but hey if you want to give me a follow Haley graves is two s's that's h-a-l-e-y-g-r-a-v-e-s-s we're gonna find out who's going to the playoffs and uh we'll see if uh somehow Haley's aggies can sneak in yep we will bye guys goodbye thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.